Provision is identity management built for community banks to empower unprecedented breach protection, automated management of the entire employee lifecycle, and powerful audit-ready documentation. For more information or to schedule a demo about Provision Identity Access Management, please visit ProvisionIAM.com. Hello and welcome to the MBA Today, a podcast all about Maryland banks and bankers, their history, legacy, and the people that make it all happen. I'm your host, Eric Nutter, and in today's episode, we're speaking with Steve Hine, President and CEO at Woodsboro Bank. Hey, Steve, how's it going today? Eric, I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I am fantastic. I really appreciate you joining me today and kind of continuing in our our series for the 125th anniversary. It's a pleasure to have you on. Well, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me. Yeah. So, Steve, let's start uh, by just telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and your role there at Woodsboro. You know, I uh, I entered banking uh, 40 years ago this summer, uh, which uh, seems like it's just gone very quickly. I actually grew up in <laughs> grew up in upstate New York. I'm uh, grew up in Syracuse, diehard Cuse fan. So uh, happy to have them in the Sweet 16. Yeah, um, at, at my expense, by the way. Yeah, I, I didn't want to say that. I know you're out in Morgantown, but um, that was a classic Big East matchup it between was. Syracuse and West Virginia. So was, uh, that's all we can hope for. Um, but uh, no, I grew up in grew up upstate New York and um, spent my first 19 years with KeyBank. I started in Albany, New York, and uh, uh, through 19 years, they grew from a two billion dollar three bank holding company. I was with I basically started in community banking, where I am today. Um, but over those 19 years, they grew to 70 billion. And uh, so it was a, a great ride. I was in Albany. We then merged with a bank in Cleveland. I moved to Cleveland and ultimately was a market leader down in uh, Dayton, Ohio. Uh, but uh, that was in 2000. Uh, I left them to come to Maryland. Um, and I came uh, to join a community bank, Farmers and Mechanics Bank. Okay. So I've spent my last 21 years in Maryland banking. I've been very fortunate to be able to do that. And, um, you know, through a series of mergers, uh, something that, gosh, in 2000, never would I have thought I'd be through as many mergers, but Farmers and Mechanics became Mercantile, and I joined Mercantile. Mercantile became PNC. I left them at the time to join Provident and was responsible for consumer business banking at Provident before the financial crisis. And at that time, we ended up merging with M&T Bank. Um, and uh, I was fortunate enough to get a nice position at M&T and join them as the uh, retail market manager in Greater Washington. And so I, I spent my time there, eight years with them. Um, but back in 2016 or so, I really wanted to get back to my community here in Frederick. And I'm a community guy, um, always have been, you know, regardless of where I've been in banking. And um, and I was also at a point in my life where, you know, I really, I, I wanted to get back to true community banking. So um, I actually uh, uh, left M&T. I didn't have this role. Um, I just knew I wanted to get back to the community. And as timing would have it, I uh, was approached to throw my hat in the ring for uh, a position here as president CEO at Woodsboro. And I uh, was fortunate enough to, to basically move from M&T to this role. And um it's uh, the last four years. It was actually four years uh, last St. Patrick's Day, just the, the other week, that I uh, that I joined here, and it's been wonderful. I've uh, been here four years and looking forward to many more. That's awesome. I like that leap of faith to uh, to to know where you wanted to go and and kind of just jump and know that you will find a, a landing place. 
Yeah, it's it. You know, I will say that I was fortunate in all this. I have a wonderful, wonderful wife. Uh, we're about to celebrate our thirty fourth anniversary. Uh, we have four kids. Oh, thank you. It's uh, it's the best decision I ever made, um, and I's the luckiest I've ever been uh, to. Mm-hmm. Uh, end up marrying Carol, and and she's been a phenomenal partner along the way. And our four kids, uh, you know, they've they've been great strength and joy for us. So, um, you know, that's a big part also as part of as I thought about you know where I wanted to be at this point in my life. And I just you know it was I wanted to be back where I could uh, I could spend more time with Carol, could be in my community, giving back in a way that it you know was was meaningful. And and the four kids were launched. So, you know, that's the other right. side of it. I know many, many of us in our careers, you know, you, you have to do certain things because you've got other responsibilities and uh, they were launched. So I said, you know, maybe time to be a little selfish and try to come back. And again, very fortunate to be at Woodsboro. That's excellent. So four years at Woodsboro, but let's talk a little bit about the history of Woodsboro and its impact on the local community there. Well, you know, we, we were founded in, on May 1st, 1899. Oh. Uh, as Woodsboro Savings Bank, uh, right here in the town of Woodsboro. I'm, I'm actually speaking to you from uh, the building that uh, was the founder of the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and I'm, I'm, it is a, it's a very cool history. I love history. Um, I always say, you know, that make sure you know where you're from because um, that will help you to know where you're going to go. Um, but it was, we, were, we were very much a, a North Frederick County Bank um, for much of the next 90 years um, up until the 1990s. And, you know, we were a savings bank and we did all the things that you would typically see in a savings bank. Um, but it was a, a wonderful uh, community bank. And it was finally in the 1990s that um, we branched out and we went, we didn't go far, but we went <laughs> about five miles north, northwest up to Thermont and we opened our first full service branch there, uh, aside from the main office that we had here in Woodsboro uh, in July of 1993. Um, and then in 1995, we, the bank changed its charter from a savings bank to a commercial bank. So we dropped the savings uh, bank name and we just, uh, went with the name Woodsboro bank. Um, and you know, from that time over the next couple of years, we then expanded down into Frederick, the city of Frederick, which is the, the largest um, city in Frederick County. Um, and today we have four branches in Frederick. Um, so we have six branches. We pr- principally serve uh, Frederick County and contiguous counties. Uh, we certainly have clients that we do business with here that have projects outside of the county that we we can tend to follow them. But, you know, we're a true community bank. Frederick is our is our primary community, Frederick County, that is. And and within that, obviously, Thurmont, Woodsboro, Frederick, um, you know, and a variety of other other smaller, smaller municipalities. Mm-hmm. So six offices, what's the asset size now? We are just over 340 million at this point. Okay. All right. Excellent. So talk a little bit about what Woodsboro does in the community. How I, I I appreciate that you came back to community banking, wanted to have that impact, have that local touch and feel with, with your local communities. What is, what is Woodsboro's um, uh, part in that? Uh, and what, what, do, what have you seen over the last couple of years with, with Woodsboro? Yeah, it, it's so, um, when I got here, we, we set out to really put a strategic plan together. And, and one of the things was visioning who we are. And again, I talked about history. 
Mm-hmm. It's important to know our history. So let's think about what we've done for the community. And so we put into the vision, uh, it was very simple. And that is our vision was to be the best bank in central Maryland for our colleagues, our clients, our community, and our shareholders, those four stakeholder groups. So, you know, for our community, there's a couple of different ways to look at this. One, you know, we're an employer. We are an employer with somewhere 59 people we, we provide jobs to here in Frederick County. Um, we also then work with our clients. Now, our clients, you know, they have lots of, of employees. I mean, last year, I'll use an example. During the first round of PPP loans through the SBA, um, we, we estimate that those PPP loans supported close to 3,000 employees of local companies. Yeah. So, you know, we felt that was a, you know, and we, we had no rails into the SBA when this started. We, you know, we didn't, we weren't like some of the, the bigger banks that have big SBA departments. We had to build this. We built it in a matter of weeks and ended up helping over about 240 clients, you know, put about 27 million of PPP loans on. So we said we did that because we knew our clients needed help and our clients need help because they had employees that, you know, frankly, needed to have food on their table and a little bit of security during through in a very sure. un, uneasy time. So that's another way. But the, the last part, you know, is really going and helping in the community. And that's through, you know, a view of, you know, we can provide time, talent, and treasure of our colleagues. So we've, in the last four years, we've grown our charitable donation budget uh, fourfold. Um, and we've much more formalized the process to support organizations in the community financially. But way more valuable than that is our colleagues and the time they spend. So, you know, one of the things we look for is if you're in a, if you're in a, a, a management role here, we expect you to be on a local board in a leadership role. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we do, we sign up for a variety of community projects, um, everything from, uh, you know, you know, clean up downtown day in Frederick, you know, working with the downtown Frederick partnership to, you know, um, community days. There's, I mean, I could, there's literally a list of probably 60 things that we support through our colleagues participation every year. Um, last year, after we have them come up again, we ran eight food drives. Um, we partner with, uh, the local uh, radio station, Manny Media, um, and had eight food drives and, and supporting four different food banks in Frederick County um, because we knew during COVID we saw that as a great need. So that's just some of the things, but we, we, we are a community bank. Yeah. So we've got to be involved in community. And, and I mean, in a meaningful way, not just writing checks, checks are wonderful. Don't get me wrong. I've, <laughs> I've been, I've been on many a nonprofit board. We like checks, <laughs> but, but ultimately the time and talent of, of our bank colleagues here is more valuable yeah. um, in the in the long run. So that's how we've been supporting the community. And I, frankly, you know, I, it didn't start when I got here. We've been doing it for a long time, but I, it became a very deliberate focus for us in our vision. So I, I think we we just ramped that up. That's excellent. I love time, talent, and treasure. That's a that's a great way to summarize what what can be offered and and how the community banks can help. Um, well, Steve, as you know, we're celebrating the 125th anniversary of the Maryland Bankers Association. Uh, so we're asking each guest this question. Tell us about some of the changes that you've witnessed in the landscape of banking over your time in the industry. And does anything stand out to you? Mm-hmm. 
Well, I've been part of a lot of mergers in the state. <laughs> <That sounds loud. laughs> you know, and I, I was a, I was an executive in, uh, at Farmers and Mechanics, so I saw that change up close and personal, you know, as I was part of the due diligence process. And and then at Mercantile, I, I was a senior manager and saw it there and, and then an executive at, at, at Provident. And, you know, I think that's the biggest change. I mean, there was a, there was a lot more community banks in Maryland not long ago. Um and I, 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 knowing, you know, knowing that I've been on both sides of the larger regional banks, as well as the mid-sized community banks, and now a very small community bank, um, there is a real role for smaller community banks, um, a very important role, as well as I would just say community banks overall. Um, and the fact is, we have fewer of them, and I, and I'm concerned that you know our communities, you know. Uh, our communities depend on this because there's the larger banks just because it, it, and I, I'm, and I say this, I've operated in them and, and they serve a really important purpose, but they aren't able to do the things and they don't have the flexibility when it comes to banking that community banks and smaller community banks do. So that's been a big change. I worry a little bit about, you know, the, the financial well-being of our communities because I think that's, that's struggled a little bit right. um, in these mergers. Um, on the positive note, okay, though, and I, I, I think you've got, we've got a group of banks in Maryland that are very committed to Maryland. And I mean, that's every bank, you know, smallest to largest. Um, uh, MBA is an excellent organization, and they do a wonderful job advocating for banks. They would do a wonderful job of providing programming for, for banks, whether it be the Banking School, Emerging Leaders Program, uh, Professional Women in Banking um, organ, uh, pro- Programs. They've done a wonderful job of of continuing to provide resources to bankers um, to develop and to be connected and to be better banking professionals, whether, again, you're in a small bank or a large bank. Um, I, I would just say the only other big change in terms of witnessing the landscape of banking is um, uh, there's not nearly as many training programs today mm. as there once were. So... You know, basically training bankies, tra- training banking professionals is something that really now falls, you know, on a, um, falls on organizations to, or banking organizations to think hard about because they don't have, you know, the management training programs where you're bringing in five people, 10 people, and you've got this big infrastructure around it. Um, and I can tell you, I came out of that. I was in a bank training program 40 years ago. You know, we they interviewed hundreds of people, narrowed it down to ten of us. We started, and you hope some of us stick. I mean, as it turned out, in my class of ten, when I left, there was still four of us there. That's pretty good retention. Yeah. We don't have any of that today. So now that I think that's a challenge because you know we we need young people in banking. We we need the the twenties and thirty year olds who really want to be bankers. Um, and so, again, going back to MBA, for, for a bank like ours that, you know, we only have so many resources, the MBA has been a wonderful resource for us, a wonderful resource for us to, to help give people developmental opportunities that are outside of their normal day-to-day jobs and that expose them to other bankers. Um, so, MBA, I, I just I couldn't, uh, I couldn't be more grateful for, for what they do. And continue to do absolutely, yeah, and that, and that that sentiment is is echoed in everyone that we've spoken with is the 
the, the level of resources and the opportunities that, that the MBA gives, especially to banks of all sizes, because to your point, there are, um, there are so many regulatory requirements and, and just things that are needed of banks and being asked of banks now. And so banks of all sizes are kind of all having to, to fit into this mold and to have a resource like the MBA to kind of help spearhead some of that stuff and be an advocate for some of those, um, those things, especially politically, that that's really a, a valuable resource to have. Yes, absolutely. Um, let's talk a little bit about the industry itself, the banking industry itself. Have, have you, is there anything that stands out to you that, that you've seen that that's changed outside of the, um, the, the consolidation of banks, uh, particularly here in the last 12 to, to 18 months, of course, we've all been, uh, you know, involved in this, the pandemic, the PPP loans, uh, stimulus payments and, and all of this, um, you know, remote working environments, uh, was, how did Woodsboro uh, deal with, with that, um, that, that new environment that we're all kind of yeah. used to? Well, that's a, that's, a, that's a loaded question right there. It's a, <laughs> I, I think anyone who's in my shoes, uh, will tell you this last year has been, uh, one of the more challenging years in their careers, uh, but also maybe in some respects, one of the most rewarding. Um, I know for us, you know, I, I have, I really said to my colleagues here, you know, it's, it was easy, it'd be easier. This was literally, you know, as we were getting into, you know, COVID, we saw it coming, we started preparing for it. You, know, you go to contingency plans, but boy, when, you know, what I call COVID weekend, which I think was uh, March 14th, Pi Day <laughs> last year, when, when that's kind of when all, when everything really changed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so for us, I said, we have an advantage. We're small, we're nimble. We may not have the resources that some of the other banks have, but I'd rather be, I'd rather be a speedboat at this point. Right. Um, because I also have confidence in the, in the people on this team. And, and so we, and we depend a lot on our culture. We call it the One Woodsboro culture. And that's an organically defined name that just kind of came out of our, our what, who we were trying to be based on our vision, mission, and values. And so I saw last year as an opportunity that really, it really gave our culture an opportunity to shine. And, and people came together, this One Woodsboro. We had to all of a sudden, you know, think about it. And every bank was like this. All of a sudden, it, an overnight, we had to have people work from home. Right. Yeah. And and yet we still had to open branches. Right. We still needed and we still had to, you know, basically transact business. And and yet we still needed someone in the bank because you've got to work like deposit ops. Who's going to run the wires? Who's going to do you know those sort of things? Um, we had to figure that out in literally a matter of, of days. Right. You know, um, and a time when also the, you know, personal anxiety was really at a very, you know, very high rate. I mean, none of, none of us knew what was really going on here. So, um, I, that last year to me was, you know, for many organizations and I've talked to some of my former colleagues who were with larger shops and they feel the same way I do. It was really, they're just proud of their colleagues. I mean, I, I am so proud of the banking industry this last year, small banks to large banks on how we've, how we, you know, really modified how we did business, you know, as in the Marines, they say adapt and overcome. I have a son who's a Marine, you know, and you adapt and overcome. And that's what we did last year. And the government, I think, did a super job with the first round of PPP. They got those loans out, you know, the program out quickly. 
they were they were building their program as they're rolling it out and i know for some that was frustrating but i can tell you given the the anxiety in the market i i thought it was the best case scenario the the sba office in baltimore who we worked with was outstanding to work with um and so you know the the ppp program both you know last year's as well as the current round were really important but that you know i i i'm not so sure that answers exactly your question but i i think you know that was last year was a change and that i think it really solidified for many banks their their bank operating models their confidence in changing you know who we have to be and to probably reinforce their cultures a bit uh, in a positive way absolutely well and yeah I, I think that that it allowed you know we always talk um every every bank i i speak with i mean they everybody speaks about their people and the, the, the trust and the um, quality of people that, that we have in community banks, but the ability for them to be given the opportunity to shine mm-hmm. um, really comes through in a moment of crisis. Unfortunately, I mean, yeah. it, you know, it's, it takes something like that for everybody to kind of get to be witness to that, um, that, that activity and that passion and that ability to uh, pivot when, when needed. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's really Eric, cool to see it come together. You know, Eric, I'll say it's uh, someone's true character comes out in, in the most difficult times. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And and, mo- and most times that's really in a positive way. 100%. Yeah. And so um, from technology, uh, from a technology standpoint, you said, you know, you had to get a lot of that stuff figured out mm-hmm. really quickly. Were, were you positioned to be a more digital bank at the time or did you have to get with vendors and and roll things out more quickly than you had anticipated? Well, fortunately, we had just moved our Microsoft platform to the most updated platform that had Microsoft Teams in it. So mm-hmm. for that was that was dumb luck. But the reality was we were in the process of and and actually are, are just finishing up in about a through about a 24 month um really change to our whole technology platform. Everything from you know, in-house to, you know, MSP, uh, looking at our communications, looking at redundancies. I mean, it was looking at contingency planning. We were in the process of that. So it was, in one respect, a little challenging because literally we were on foot and horseback with a couple of things and then right. this happened, right. right? But the reality is because we were already in motion, we were able to do it. And, um, and you know, my hat's off to the, the teams here, uh, particularly our uh, my CFO, who also runs the the technology side of the bank, I mean, she worked. Uh, Patty Muldoon worked, you know, days and nights with her team and her and many many members of her team for weeks, you know, developing this. You know, working with our vendors to get you know laptops. We had some people with laptops, but we needed twenty more. Had to get those up and going quickly. It was, um, it was it was. A, I mean, I, again, I I sit back with just I smile with pride that we did this and. And now we're, you know, I was just on a call this morning with our commercial group and, you know, we're really talking about when the, and the, this was the commercial group and the colleagues in there saying, when can we all get back in the office? <laughs> you know, they, uh, cause, cause now we're on a rotating schedule to keep the density of people in the office down. But, right. you know, so we're talking about everyone being back in the office and it'll likely be sometime in the second quarter. It'll depend on, you know, the, the vaccine, uh, number of people in the department with a vaccine and all this sort of thing, but they want to get back together. They're proud of what we did this last year. We had a fantastic year, uh, both in PPP and organic um, commercial business, but um, they want to get back together. And so I'm all in. (laughs) Excellent. 
Well, Steve, uh, thank you for your time today. Do you have any closing thoughts before we wrap up? Well, first of all, Eric, thanks for reaching out to me. It's uh, it's a pleasure to talk with you. And I'm, I'm people who know me, I love to talk about Woodsboro Bank. Um, I, I consider it a tremendous privilege to be in my role at the bank, um, particularly at this point in my banking career uh, with a bank that has such a, a wonderful history in a very special community, the, the Frederick uh, community. Um, it's, it's again, I, I just consider it a privilege. And so I do know that uh, my last four years here, um, I've been able to connect to the MBA thanks to, first and foremost, Kathleen Murphy, who I know has moved on to Massachusetts. And now I just actually worked with Ramon. I sent him a note yesterday on an issue, and he shot me back a response, um, and they jumped on it. So the MBA for me, you know, personally and professionally has been a real, and, and, and the people in the MBA have been a real impact. I know Kathleen came out here, I'll just speak to that. She came out here, oh, about two years into my my time here um, to visit with us and to walk around the bank and to meet with my colleagues. And she's got a busy schedule. And But she took a day to come out here and it, it's so, it very much helped to reinforce our culture, it helped to reinforce the, the importance that we are to Maryland banking and, you know, for Kathleen to do that, I will be forever grateful. I mean, she's just a wonderful person anyways. And I have no doubt that Ramon, from my brief interactions with him since he's joined, he's he has that same DNA. So you know, those two, as well as the entire teams at MBA, have just been very helpful. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm excited for, you know, I'm excited for what we have in front of us. I, I know it's there'd be plenty of challenges, um, but, you know, with partners like the MBA and, you know, frankly, uh, working in a, a great environment and a great economy uh, and a great state of Maryland, uh, we've got, I think the odds are stacked in our favor. So well said, well said, Steve Hine, president and CEO of Woodsboro Bank. Once again, thank you sincerely for joining me today. It's been, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thanks so much, Eric. That brings us to the end of our show. You can always find more episodes by visiting our website, mdbankers.com slash podcast. You can also always leave feedback, ask questions, or request a topic for us to discuss by sending an email to mbapodcast at mdbankers.com. The Maryland Bankers Association is the leading advocate, trusted partner, and exceptional resource for Maryland banks in the banking industry. We thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more MBA Today. Until then, remember that together we represent one voice, and as an industry, we make a positive difference in the communities that we serve. Have a great week. The 125th Podcast Series is brought to you exclusively by Provision IAM. Managing employee identity has become the foundation of a bank's information security plan, and now you can manage your user identities by automating role-based permissions. Provision is built for community banks, safeguard your systems, ensure regulatory compliance, and slash audit prep time. Schedule a demo or learn more about Provision Identity Access Management. Go to provisioniam.com.